sharing huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain soaked Lords. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. Sports fans, welcome back. This is Moving the Needle podcast. I am pretty stoked because this is the official first in-studio interview with none other than Brendan Faircloth. You know who I am. I'm Andrew Nietling, but he's the famous one. He's also, I need to check the stats, probably got the most downloaded episode still, even though it was the first one. So clearly you don't just like his writing. You seem to like some of the shit that comes out of his mouth. There we Absolute go. First swear shit. word came out of my mouth. So uh, just a little disclaimer if there are youngsters. We'll try keep it in a pile, but uh, welcome, guys, listeners. Brendan Faircloth back in South Africa, second time in six weeks, yeah. two months. Yeah, yeah, back again. Uh, stoked to be uh, back this time for Darkfest, and obviously see you. And South Africa has always been a huge part of actually my last ten years. There seems to have been at least one trip every year over to your house just uh, for some fair weather riding. Uh, Normally January or February, and also we've filmed a lot here. We've we were here, like you said, a couple of weeks ago. It feels like filming an e-bike edit, which hasn't come out yet, but that'll be coming up pretty shortly, I think. Um, so yeah, this time for Darkfest. Um, obviously missed it last year. Pardon me. Um, and yeah, super excited to be back for this one. Yeah, you have made it quite a sort of second home, as much as I made your house my second home. Yeah. Whether that's uh, good nor bad, what what is it? I mean, what is it about South Africa? For me, I'm biased, right? So it's home, and for you, England will always be home, even though yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't even actually get to terms with dealing with a the winter there because I love it in summer. Yeah. Hands down, the culture, the people going for a ride yeah. in the summer, the pubs, I love it. You know, it's great, but winter, I feel like you have to be born to be able to deal with that. But. Yeah, and I think now. Especially with the invention of e-bikes, it's made our winter just. Uh, well, I I what I love the changes of se- seasons. Like having a bit of a rainy winter makes the every other season way better, and it's and it means we have good dirt all the time. There, it's like moist and loamy and good. So, like I said, with the invention of e-bikes, it means that it's you can just get full waterproofs on. Just full spike tires on and just go in, even when it's raining, just have the best two hours in the mud. And I just love that. And also ride a lot of motorbike enduro. But yeah, 100% if you are not from there, it must seem like winters are pretty bleak. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's as bad as it's advertised. So I don't know. It's good. But yeah, definitely it's sometimes uh, it's good to get out there in the uh especially in january it's probably the worst month we have just to to come out here and yeah it's it's i remember when we used to race world cups up in peter Meritzburg and that's what what i thought south africa was like the whole time and you were like no no you've got to come down to where i live cape town it's completely different and so then we eventually made it down here and i was just like wow this is yeah it's pretty cool but your dirt is not nice it's pea shingly and not loamy and hard pack but it's it's good to to ride that stuff it's consistent so you know you know it's going to be like that all all year so 
yeah, I guess I'm I'm definitely used to it. In summer, it gets sort of dry, and then sometimes there's loose stuff on top of some hard pack. When you're used to it, it's better than what you're describing. But it's not loam. I'll be the first no. to. to but say. I mean, you get. Well, I mean, when we first, when we filmed Death Grip, Death Grip, um, that was just dusty, amazing, wicked. It was yeah, it was rad. So, but I mean, that's not consistent. You can't build a track like that and ride it all the time. It will just get destroyed yeah and then once so you haven't ridden in winter yet so once winter hits you know we do get yeah in the cape town it's winter rainfall so then that soft stuff packs in packs in you do get quite a few good months that you'll probably appreciate the dirt compared to england but you're right it took it takes people actually they have to come and see it for themselves i sound so biased but then the way i used to get people to come i say well this is where greg comes on holiday he comes to cape town to get away yeah. To holiday because we have bloody well everything. We've got yeah. the you know, the summer, the beaches, the you know, the wineries, good food. Even though I never go to the beach when I'm here for some reason. It's funny. But that I don't go to the beach that much, no. even though it's five minutes away. Yeah, but yeah. it's the it's kind of the feeling and even it's the visual there, of yeah. having it. It's almost peaceful for that. Yeah. But um no, yeah, definitely it's it's been a big part of my like like I said in my last ten years it's been it's great coming to hang out hang out over here. We used to train hard when we used to come back here. Um you obviously a good influence on me, uh, in many respects for that for that side of things. Uh we yeah, we got ahead down, didn't we? We you know, we'd we'd read your um, Alan Millway training uh, calendar. It'd be like up oh, gym in the morning, road riding in the afternoon, or vice versa, and then do downhill laps, and then do do trail riding. And so yeah, we we it was a good place to to get some sort of training in. Well, I mean, I hope we <laughs> trained hard. I mean, and we were professional at the time. But my one of the funniest memories I have. It's not that funny for you. Was getting you excited to come. So we went. You, it was Maritzburg. We did the race. And then I said, bring a jump bike. Don't know what other bike you brought. And first day down here, we went on the jump bikes. And there were a few, it's a place called G-Spot. Nino rides there and stuff. But you can ride it on a hardtail. It's kind of like a flow trail. And it was dry, middle of summer, like our rainfall hadn't started. And you got so excited, you crashed in the first turn and oh. just roasted yourself everywhere. And yeah. You probably were thinking, no, I remember what this. a crap was... idea to come down to South Africa. And then didn't we go to another spot and I crashed again? <laughs> I'm sure I crashed two times in one day and I was just like, whoa, that's why this dirt is shit. <laughs> so he's blaming the dirt. Yeah, 100%. May <laughs> maybe for people listening, they're like, oh, Brendan is human because all we see is his Instagram and huge jumps. And that video of Darkfish went quite viral and that was the uh, like a drone... Yeah, that was a from two years ago. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From um, from two years ago, at Dark Fest, I was getting a bit ahead of myself and uh, got a bit excited and decided to flip the hip. Um, and still, for me, it's like one of the coolest clips um, of me that I've seen. So I'm, you know, that sounds very vain. Obviously, it is. But um, yeah, I still look at that and have fond memories of it and just think, what were you thinking? That's such a gnarly manoeuvre. But yeah, they luckily got picked up on, on the drone and it's a, it's a cool clip. And yeah, when I when Sam invited me to come out here for Darkfest, I was like, I was just looking through my camera roll and just looking at old videos from it just to get excited about it. And I saw that, so I uploaded it on my Instagram and yeah, it went, 
went pretty viral. So like nearly four million views. It's quite cool. What um, I was thinking to ask you, because we obviously got to have a few topics here, yeah. otherwise we're just gonna shoot, shoot the shit. Is there something in hindsight that was stupid to do? Like it worked, but right. thinking back, you know what? That was not a good idea. And I'm not talking about like the canyon flip at Rampage or something, because I know you thought about it, you practiced backflips, yeah, you yeah. hadn't done something so gnarly, but you know, you calculate the risk and you're like, okay, I want to do it. Yeah. But something even smaller, like that, you know, maybe jumping onto your house. Yeah. Like, what, um, do any I, of that, do you look back and go, you know what, I should probably not do that again? You know what? Not, not really. Because, like, everything you do, yes, is spare of the, spare of the moment. Sometimes you do spare of the moment, stupid, stupid shit. But we're not, we're not completely dumb. Um, if everything's, like, fairly calculated that we do. And if, if you didn't think that you could... If I didn't think I could jump onto the side of my... Uh, jump over my house, I wouldn't have done it, you know? So you've got this like. Do you feel it in your gut? Like, do yeah, you, yeah. You think it's like not only a thought process. You're like, maybe, you know what? I'm okay with this. Like, yeah. it's a feeling, right? Yeah, but maybe yes, jumping onto the side of my house was a bit stupid. But equally, um, it 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 was funny. Everyone got a load of laughs out of it, including myself. Apart from my wife, she didn't enjoy it that much. But um, but eventually they come around. They yeah, understand. exactly. And it was and it was at the time when we were locked down. The world was even crazier. Well, maybe not crazier than it is now because the world's pretty out of control now. But we were in lockdown. We didn't know, you know, and and we we I was cr- doing my job. I was creating content for people to enjoy and like get out of the real, real world, which is. I've had so many cool things that people have said. Is they've said that's the coolest thing actually. They say is like thanks for doing the YouTube stuff because it's it got it got us through lockdown. Like me and my son and me and my daughter or whoever just love watching it and it get inspired to go ride and it was entertaining and stuff. So you know, I I don't actually regret jumping to the side of my house because it was entertaining. But people got a lot of laughs out of it. <laughs> and, I certainly uh, did. Yeah. I've been around you enough to know. Like I know you are well enough to understand that whole process before it, and but yeah, that was this what a monumental miscalculation. Ah, no, not miscalculation because I knew I was getting towed in from my brother on a motocross bike down the road, and I had to jump through my gate across my lawn, and then jump up onto the house over the house, and um, as my brother was towing me in on the motocross bike, because I had to hold onto a rope behind the bike. I have to let go of the let go of the rope. I was getting roosted in the head, in the face with dirt the whole time on the back of the motorbike, and I I took a few runs in, and as I jumped through the gate onto the grass, like the grass has killed all my speed, and I probably did like four or five run-ins, and I never ever do four or five run-ins. I have a thing where I jump it on the third time. I I'll do two run-ins if I'm scared of it. I'll jump, do two run-ins, and I'll just do it third time. It didn't feel it didn't feel like fast enough, so I so I said, Christian, can we go fast? Can we go faster? And then you know what? I just thought, screw it, no, I'm just gonna go for it. And I was going across the grass, looked at the lip, and I was just like, there's just no chance. But I didn't think I was gonna nose case the the bit of wood that I'd put there to case. When so you, I literally when you say nose case. When your back wheel's a lot lower than that, meaning you had, I mean, you barely not, like, tapped not, it with your front wheel. It wasn't like you came in nose case. I came in with my on my front wheel. 
but like no, wasn't, no, the show, back, there's, there's wasn't a... it so so far from making it the back wheel was no like... it's so far from making it that my no that my oh yeah sorry yes yeah in. oh yeah sorry straight in yeah I, I thought you were giving yourself even more credit but like no. you have no credit there you just no, no. didn't Worse. get near it yeah I didn't even get I, did, I, but I think I made it halfway <laughs> Oh man! And I, I oh, only put the case pad in. Like my brother was like, "Oh, you should probably put, you know, for the sake of fifteen more minutes, you should probably put like a case pad in there," which was a mission to do because obviously it's on the side of a house. So, but anyway, yeah, I nose bonked the case pad that I put in, and yeah, I mean, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So John D has a saying: a bonk. So bonking is when you case sort of with the front wheel. He said bonk with the grips, meaning. You didn't even get the front wheel near no. it. You just yeah. you're going down, yeah, into the landing Absolutely, of the grips. Yeah. Halfway, I got halfway. But going back to your question, no, I I had su- I've got such. I don't. I can't. I guess that's good that nothing really springs to mind that is a regret, and I should have thought. Well, you should, you got away with that one. You shouldn't have probably thought done that. Which is yeah, like I said, I think I think. We do look stupid, and, and you know some people. Some people, you know, people that are not into riding think, "How do you like? How how do you jump a fifty foot canyon? How do you know how fast to go? How do you know that you're going to get over?" Like they, people ask, like, "Oh, do you do like calculations and measurements? And do you have a speed gun to run in stuff?" Well, no, you don't do any of that. You just we have years and years of like since kids jumping off curbs, jumping over over skateboards or whatever you know you just and then but for me also it's it's quite fascinating thinking how skiers and snowboarders judge speed because like they jump way bigger stuff than us and they've got and we always seem to have like trees and like stuff around us to get a perspective of speed whereas they're normally just out in the open on a, on a ski slope so i find that interesting as well but yeah like it's just it's just years of years of doing it and just know you just know like you just know have you heard of a saying called unconsciously competent meaning you unconscious so you don't think about yeah, it yeah yeah i guess you're that's... competent that is at the professional level that is if you're riding your best that's what you're doing yeah yeah and because it's like it's... when you you don't ride down the hill like think about when you've put in your brakes and you just do it like it's just that's 10,000 hours you know you just you, you've done you've done the time and you yeah and that's like dark face if people go oh they're thinking about it look there might be a little bit of thought but the more thinking you put in at your level it's actually dangerous you've actually got to get into the unconscious because yeah. your body reacts naturally and not not tight. unconscious subconscious yeah yeah because you don't want to well, be unconscious so not it? unconscious but it's the same <laughs> unconsciously yeah. But um, it's the same like on the road in the dark fist. I'm like, okay, so is it still no brakes into the step? Yeah. And then I get the confirmations, no brakes. And I watch a person. I could stand there and think, okay, so I'm going to go no brakes. I'm going to hit the road gap. Then I'm going to tuck. I got to a point that I go before I'm ready. Like as yeah. soon as the goggles are on, I go because then it forces my body into subconscious lack of thought for a bit yeah. too. And uh, it often works way better. And then... Have you been on shoots where you're okay, doing a whip and then the photographer, probably Sven Martin, needs another one or wants another one? For sure, and Sven then Martin wants you go another one, sort yeah. of. Do you ever get to the point that you've gone past your sort of good one or capabilities? Yeah, you can't do and it again. Need, and then you're like, okay, but then you think about, okay, how did I whip? Yeah. How do I do a better one? <clears throat> Excuse me. I li- <coughs> and you actually... Get worse. 
Yeah. Yeah, I did, literally did it two days ago. I was at uh, Sam Pilgrim's house and I was trying to actually learn 360s again. Well, I didn't never really have got them good, but I did them a few times at Audi 9s and I wanted to get them again. Sorry. And, uh, and so I could bring them to Darkfest and hopefully do them on the step up or do them over here and whatever. But I did a few and then I progressively got worse at it. And I was even looking at slow-mo videos of what I was doing wrong. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't learn. It's like, I couldn't uh, get it right. And I, and I knew what I was doing wrong. But subcon- like when I was going up the lip, subconsciously, I'd be doing this movement, moving my head too much. And it would just put me into a way over spin. Anyway, I just got way worse at the trick. I had to just cancel it. I had to say, I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm going to try that trick where I've crashed over and over onto an airbag going 50 miles an hour up a lip that's not going to help with your confidence now you're almost in your own head it's crazy and even a man of your skill can maybe get in your own head about a certain trick and you've actually just got to let it go sleep on it forget about it maybe for a month and your body will your mind will actually probably figure it out like Sam said he's like you should just cancel that for a minute just go back to doing a normal backflip and then come come back to it in a minute stop trying that over and over because it's not you're not getting anywhere, but yeah, I've 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 canned uh, can doing that for over the massive step up. <laughs> well, he says that, but when this gets released, Dark Festival will have happened, and we'll see how the peer pressure and bullying goes. Yeah, yeah. How's your peer pressure and bullying going? For are you, are you gonna get the ninety done this year or not? Well, this is past tense when you speak. I'll I'll be open about it. I've got to the point that it maybe doesn't benefit me or my career to do things with huge risk or that one right so I'm not barely there I'm not an invited official rider but I'm a tag along and I've got it so in my head that I'm not going to do it so it'll annoy me if I did it and then crashed or something but even though every rider says hey the rocket launches are gnarlier harder sketchy and I'm comfortable touch wood now on them right each year you get so each year I ride dark fest or all the riders, I speak to them all. It takes them, some guys take three runs, some take two days to get comfortable. Everyone wants to feel comfortable yeah, and yeah. that helps with the confidence. And uh, it's such a mental game because I'm actually at the point that it's not bullying everyone. It's actually a nice uh, compliment. Oh, you can totally do it. Why, yeah, yeah. why are you not doing it? And I'm almost stubbornly say, well, I've mentally made a decision. Yeah. Now I'm going to look like an idiot if I do it and crash. Yeah. It'd be bad if they're like, yeah, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> you imagine they're coming up, all We're the riders psychology are coming up. Me. No, no, just like for yourself, like you saying it's a good feeling that people think that you can do it. But imagine if they're like, yeah, Andrew, you should definitely not do that night for you 100%. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... like, well, hang on, I can do it. I'll probably go up and do it and then crash or make it. But I mean, that's just the ego. And you'll maybe get there one day when you retire from who knows what, maybe Rampage or World Cup racing. Well, I've got to that point. Yeah. You haven't got to. You, so yeah. I don't think the riders can understand that. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you just put it to bed. I mean, yeah. I went and did a step up session with the guys, and I had FOMO. I went and I was like, okay, it's twenty minutes of riding time. Wind looks good. I've ridden in the morning. I've ticked off what I want to tick off. Personal goal. And then they all ride. I'm like, oh, obviously, I'll ride. But then after two, three runs, I look, and Sam Hodgins is upside down Superman flip, and Cade is doing a, some sort of 360. And I, I looked around and I said, you know what? It's okay. My time is well past with this shit. Maybe my prime, even as a racer, I'd be trying something. 
to prove something to someone, right? And I just had to take the helmet off, get the iPhone out. Really, and I just yeah. embraced the younger generation. And I think Sam Reynolds is going through that a little bit. You know, eventually you've got to pass the torch. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not a nice feeling, but you you just got to know where you yeah, are I in think the world. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can be comfortable with it. But um, yeah, no, I, I agree. But so I'm not definitely not doing a 360, that's for sure. This, I just can't wait to go and just ride through them. I think it's going to be exciting. So after all these years, I mean, you arrived and you're i've got to go check the jump site i'm like well it's not much time today we'll go yeah, you know, yeah. later in the week but does it still stoke you out to ride your bike you know even though oh. you've done the course you've ticked I off like, a lot of the boxes like flipping that hip which you you know might not do again you don't yeah really need no, to. i won't do that again but like, it, what excites you these days like proper excites you like a kid when you know when you're racing world cups shit. and riding um, for the first time some tracks um, I was thinking the other day that like I was, I was, me and Ollie were riding the other day and we were just, we were literally just riding around, um, riding around from spot to spot with like a grin on our face, riding the crappiest stuff. But we were like, we're, this is like so fun. And we're just riding around the woods, like just doing little things. And I was like, wow, I'm 30 odd years old. And... I was still riding around on my push bike just with a huge grin on my face. But to, to answer your question, what am I excited about here? I just really like that feeling of top to bottom runs down that on in the, the biggest mountain bike jumps in the world. And the speed you're going, like fifty odd miles an hour. I think it I think they a speed What is the I think it's fifty I think it's fifty five miles an hour. Miles. Yeah. I, at the bottom of the is it? Into the step up, yeah, or it's got to be ninety or something like that. It's a fair old speed. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and I think I don't know. Just think and and just like riding with the boys and obviously it's like I'm not here to win the best trick or win anything like that. I'm just here just to. It seems actually pointless why I'm here really, (laughs) because but it's just so good to dig into that. If you say pointless, well, I mean, if you go, if you look real deep. It, it, what you know? If I didn't turn up here, no one would care. And it's like, oh, I'd just go do something. I could go go to Rogate on my trail bike and put a video on Instagram that'd probably get the same amount of views as me going through Darkfest. You know, but it's just for yourself when you want to and you want to come and support uh, Sam and Ryan's um, contest and just you know be in the mix and just. Yeah, that's that's the fun part for me is just just being in the mix and you know being invited is such a cool opportunity. Still, you know, not many people get the chance to do so. You have got to take it up and you got to take you got to grasp it with two hands and just just do it. Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. It's and it's a good excuse to come to South Africa again. But you seem when you said about the, you've always been like a positive person but also sort of grateful for it i mean if you're able to ride around with ollie I and mean, you've got great mates there good scene yeah great scene but you could easily go well this is shit i'm going to dark fest next week like should we pack it and go have a coffee but it seems like you fought i mean it's also a little bit of gratitude like oh this is cool i am getting yeah. older but it's cool that i'm still riding a bike for a living yeah, yeah. like you i think you've got to practice that sort of gratitude to to not make it stale yeah, definitely. And I, ne- I never, ever take it for granted because, like, um, 
you just you know half my friends waking up and just going to the same job every day it's like you know you know what for example my brother he absolutely loves his job absolutely loves his job but he works hard he grafts he's got a lot of stress but um we have the same like we we have stress we I'm, i'm definitely working probably harder now than i've ever worked apart from maybe five years ago on on death grip movie where I was scouting locations, building locations, filming locations, and racing World Cups. But we've got got quite a big project, well, a huge project coming up. But I can't really talk about it. Talk about, but I'm building seven different locations around the world, and like it's all like stuff that you put the work in now, but no one's going to see your work in for another year or year or so. Now. So that's like kind of hard because in this day and age, it's like everything you do and edit then you bring it out the next week or you like build some jumps and you'll like you'll film yourself building the jumps for like content or for for stuff so everything's everything's documented and just goes out straight away which is our job but when you're putting all that work in and not filming it and not and uh and not doing anything around it knowing that it's going to come out in like a year or 18 months that's quite weird now but it's it's uh yeah, definitely, definitely hectic at the minute because it's like I am racing World Cups uh, and I'm filming a lot. So it's like one week I'll be like, oh, I've got to go race a World Cup next week. So I was like desperately try to do downhill runs or go to Wales and try to do time downhill runs or whatever. And then the following week I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Darkfest. Oh, shit, I better like learn backflips again. And then, you know, do something like that. So every week just keeps me on my toes and just like... It's, it's crazy it's just so could you have it any other way no like, is it I the couldn't. industry sort of pressure on you you just love not focusing on one thing you can't like you can't think, really yeah i think that's that's what it is like i just no one's putting any pressure on me to do anything like they just go do your thing which is so cool um but yeah it's just pressure on myself to go and just do new stuff and be better and keep pushing and keep making people smile and keep inspiring people to go and ride their bikes, which is kind of cool. We've chatted a bit about the like the social media side or, or the YouTube or, you know, it is kind of a vanity contest in one regard. But you often say to me, well, like, who do you follow online? And do you think, do you, the first thing you think, is it a, do you think they're vain by posting it? Or do you go, okay, that's inspired me. Yeah. It seems like you look at it like, okay, I'm going to put it out there. It's of me. Um, but it seems like the fans get inspired by that. So maybe it helps the next generation. Like when we watch downhill videos, yeah. that inspired me. I watched a downhill race, inspired me to become yeah, exactly, something. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if you switch your mental side of the social media as like it's a tool to help the next generation. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, and exactly like you said, like when I was a kid, I'd get back from school, put a mountain bike video on. I'd only watch half and uh, twenty minutes of it, and then I'd be so riled up and just excited, just turn it off and just go outside and play on my bike for the rest of the evening. So it took me, it took that, pardon me, it took that to like get me inspired and go out and, and ride. And that's, I think, in this day and age is is the same. It's just like you just have the, the it, you just have the platform of Instagram or or YouTube, and it's just. Yeah, I guess it is vain putting videos of yourself up, but that's that's our job, and we're like we're selling bikes and we're getting people stoked to go and and I I never th- if I like 
it's funny, isn't it, that, actually? Because I wouldn't... If someone was, like, taking selfies of themselves and, like, saying how beautiful they are, or that if someone was... Ta- if I was, like... If I took a selfie of myself and put it on Instagram and I was like, yeah, I'm looking pretty good today, or my hair looks... My hair's looking good today. If I, if I saw, for example, you do that on your Instagram, I'd be like, unfollow, not interested in this guy, but... We're doing the same. We're like putting a huge whip up of ourselves, and we're but we don't. But yeah, but you don't sort of say, "Oh, look at my huge whip, do you?" Yeah, but we all know that's what you've put up there. Yes, You're proud that, of your whip, yeah, right? Yeah. So what if someone is proud of their looks? Yeah, well, at least true. the whip is. Look, a, a whip. You can say it's uh, natural and talent and stuff, but you didn't learn to whip. By sitting on your ass on the couch. No, it's true, yeah. You yeah. learned by being inspired and riding the shit out of yeah. your bike till all hours of the night. Yeah, yeah. Watching more videos. And, and I remember the day I learned to I whip, quote unquote, like at the dirt jump, like, oh, and it clicks. And you're, yeah, yeah. you're proud of that. So, okay, but on the on the social media, the double-edged sword is, you know, what it does to someone emotionally. Like, you know, there's kids getting bullied and, okay, they're comparing. What about at a professional level? where you might look at someone else that maybe you've uh, had better results, you clearly do better in free riding and marketing stuff, but the followers, you have less followers. Yeah. Or your posts are getting less engagement. At any point, do you even, for a split second, go, like, does it affect you negatively ever? When you put something up, you're like, oh, cool, I got 3,000 likes yeah. instead of the 30,000, which was maybe an average six yeah, months yeah, ago. Yeah. Does it ever get to the point that it's a little bit all-consuming? Um. Never for me on Instagram. I just I get I get pissed off sometimes. I'll be like, "Well, that was like the sickest video. Why is why is that why is is that not liked as much as another video?" But but it 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 didn't. I never it didn't really it didn't really bother me because it's just like you, you kind of Ollie Ollie Wilkins explains his Instagram account as like a coffee table book, which I quite like the thought. Of. I did hear him say that. I yeah. do like that. Yeah, because yeah, it's like, like his co- live coffee table. Yeah, book so it's like you you put proud. Well, I don't like the word proud, but like cool moments of your life on there that you want to share with other people. It's like a a cool coffee table book of what what you do. Um, but yet, yeah, definitely, it doesn't really bother me if. You know, I'm lucky enough that I've got quite a lot of followers and good engagement and you know I, I like to comment back to people and, and and react to what people are saying and bloody blah on there but um yeah no it doesn't it doesn't really bother me if it, if a picture doesn't do good or a video doesn't do good too much and and I think what you have to learn now as well is that there are all sorts of algorithms that you can get caught in and all, especially on YouTube, learning the YouTube algorithms is absolutely crazy. Like I've really, really enjoyed learning something new because for example, um, you could have the best video, you could make the best video of you, or the best video, it could cost you 50 grand to make this video. And if you put a shit thumbnail up, an uninspiring thumbnail or an uninspiring title, mm. Um, no one's ever going to click on that video. So basically, you just basically, or equally, you could make the the most rubbish content ever um, and then put an extremely inspiring and, and clickbaity picture on the front with a title, with a, with a title that draws you in and you're going to get a click on your video because even though your video is shit, but you, you've got to get people past that first click. And... Um, 
I was just, I was like this, I was doing research on myself, like just going through YouTube videos and just seeing what I click on. But I've, I click on all sorts of rubbish, like um, demolition videos or like diggers getting stuck in bogs. Or, or like is that you know, what your algorithm yeah. recommended looks like Brendan yeah. Faircloth because mine obviously looks less bike no because mine, I'll, you know I'll, every day is bike yeah so mine sure, is like, uh, mine mine consists of like um, uh, diggers getting stuck in bogs like digging diggers out um, loads of construction stuff like it's called practical engineering there's a channel and like loads of cool in, uh, interesting en- engineering construction stuff um yeah like this all sorts of weird stuff on there but uh, i was like i was like learning myself and i was like what makes you click on that video and it is just like the picture you have to get drawn in but the picture just like the the easy that like your brain is just if it's a bright color you your brain will like look at it like look at it straight away and then once you once it's looked at the bright picture then you'll read it and then if you get past uh if you're inspired by the, what you've read then you click on it but it's it's loads of different stuff and i remember way back in the day when instagram was still um fairly new i read this thing on like on nike and what they how they were drawing people into their instagram was like putting emoji little things like putting emojis in the comp in the text because it's a colour. So, like, if you just scroll through, like, your eyes would see, like, a weird emoji in there, and that would draw you in, even if you're not interested in what's going on. And then that will give you a split a split second more on that post, which is, means you're more likely to click on it. And uh, so, I don't know, I just, I find all that stuff pretty interesting. But going back to what you said, I never really get bleak about if it doesn't, liked as much as it should have or whatever definitely if, definitely on like youtube stuff i have like i've me and benny have put a lot of effort into stuff and then obviously i haven't put a very good picture up or or text or whatever and then i'm like wow that video is like only doing that's doing so shit but it's it's more important on youtube because it's it's directly it's directly you get money from youtube so like if you put a shit picture on Instagram, it's just like moves on to the next one and you, it, it doesn't pay you money. But if you if you're on YouTube, if you put a good video up, you get more money. If you put a shit video up, you get less money. So it's actually like it, it it's it's That's like an addiction in itself. Hundred percent, yeah. But they could be from what I'm hearing, I mean there's uncontrollables why some videos don't do yeah, well. Yeah, you just like, have yeah. to accept like in life. There's so many things you can't control, and if you get caught up in that, oh, yeah, it yeah. just brings so much negativity. Yeah, but sorry, going back to what you said, definitely on YouTube, I have been sometimes, and also YouTube have brought this thing in where your videos are rated one out of ten. So, out of your last ten videos, it'll rate them. Say, like, your video's been up, so I click on it, your video's been up for two hours and six minutes, for example. Um, it will say your video is eight out of ten. So, like, the so it, it it puts it it puts them in out of ten of how many views it's had in the last x amount of hours. So you can click on it sixty days later, and it'd be like, yeah, in the last sixty days, your video's ten out of ten. It's done the worst out of the last ten videos. So that and sometimes I'll load a video off, or me or Benny will load a video off, and then I'll be like, 
not wanting to click on my YouTube app to see that number out of 10. Yeah, because it's going to bring negative yeah. response for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's always, it's like chasing wealth. There's always someone yeah. Even though richer, like, there's always someone more beautiful. That's like almost yeah, yeah. social media in a nutshell. It's like yeah. bringing all these comparisons right in front of your eyes every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. I'm which just... is so dangerous and shit. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting to hear you at least say, open up. Okay, oh, YouTube does affect me at some point. Yeah. And I'm learning to deal even with it. Even though I'm or... not, even though I don't, I don't make a huge amount of money from it. It's like, it's, it doesn't matter. It's still like, you want to, you want to, you want it to do good. And it's just like, um, yeah, so that, that part's quite interesting. The YouTube side of it. Um, uh, but yeah, I think you just have to. Geez, yeah, you just have to be a bit of a callous and not and not think about. It. It's easier said, it's easier said than done. But you just can't think about it and just know it's like, especially in this day and age, if you put a shit video up, just go on to the next one, go on to the next one. Could keep pushing, but yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, and I think also I'm quite old and I've done it all before, so I, and that stuff doesn't really affect me that much. But I can, I can see. You know, like kids, if they're pushing to to get followers and all that sort of stuff, it's is is a bit of a dangerous spiral to get caught up in. But so, what advice have you got then? I mean, there's many aspiring, hopefully, riders listening or aware of you. Like, what advice can you give to that? Because it's we can't block out that kids will get an Instagram or whatever the next thing is, or yeah. a TikTok. And even if they're racers or free riders, it's a now and factually an important part of the job. Yeah. Sponsors want it. It's there. It's not really going away at this stage. What advice could you give to the guys coming up? Oh, wow. Um, I hate, you know what I hate? I hate when people are like, oh, just, just go and have fun, you know? Because it's like, yes, you should just go and have fun. But if, you, if it's your job, um, not everything you do is fun. Like there's training, there's there's bits things you don't want to do, there's shoots you don't want to do yet. You know, it is a job at the end of the day. So if you even if you enjoy like fifty percent of your job, it's a lot probably more than what other people are enjoying their jobs. But um, as far as like I just think oh, it's easier said than done. But just try not to get try not to get worked up about it and just just. Are you talking about like what advice have I got for people like kids on Instagram? Yeah, well, young generation of riders. Yeah, that maybe feel that's in a very important side, or they yeah, yeah. have one, and eventually yeah. they might get results. But no, they got to do that on the side. Like, you know, you now said, oh, you're older, so you're kind of aware of the uncontrollables and, yeah, the, yeah. and the emotional effect it can have on you as well. I know, what, but the thing is, what can you do? Like, you can just you can film your best clip and put it up, and that's all you can do. Like, well, that's good advice. Yeah, yeah. I just think be the best version of yourself. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and just don't. Um, I don't know. I guess I just, I guess I just don't have big. Um, what's, I just, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard. I don't but know. if we break it down, I mean, there's these guys at Darkfest, and and this is an event about getting clips, getting in the highlights video. Yeah, but I think you have to... And having fun, obviously, right? Yeah, I think you have to understand that no one's... You don't need to compare yourself with anyone else. Like, if, say, I did a flip over the step-up, people would be like, yeah, Brendan, that's so sick. What well a mate. But if um, C-Dog do the flip over the step-up 
Uh, he, no one's going to go and pat him on the back because he can do that so easily. I think you have to understand, like, everyone's there for the right reasons. Everyone knows everyone's capabilities and everyone's pushing each other on in a cool way. Like, it, it, I'm not comparing myself with Sea Dog or Adolf or whatever because I know that they're doing the most insane stuff. But if so, if Adolf does a double backflip, everyone's going to go and give him a hug. Yeah, well done, dude. But no one's expecting me to go do that. If I go and do a no-hander, everyone will be like, yeah, well done, dude, you, you did sick. Because you know, everyone knows how good everyone is. And and to push their level is what you want to do. Like to put, if I go do a flip no-hander, that's like the high, that's like a real high-level for me thing to do. Yeah, trick-wise for your potential, yeah, yeah, your, or like, your, your experience yeah. and talent level. So, right um, so everyone's everyone's right, your own... Own yeah, ride, ride your own race. own race. Yeah, yeah, ride your own race, ride your own jump, you know. And it's, it's the same with all these these chicks coming in to, to ride the, ride down the track and they're killing it, dude. You've got to they're, say ladies or women, ladies, me and Sven okay. Okay, are yeah. just trying to... Although we've it's come up on the podcast, the, the ladies, the women, the girls, the chicks, we do speak to them and they seem to be okay with all sorts of terms, but the ladies coming in... Okay, the ladies, yes. the la- yeah, the ladies coming into Darkfest this year. I've been watching. Um, got a bit late to the party, but they're they're all um, jumping all the jumps and just that's so cool to see. And like, if they make it from top to bottom, that's just going to be so so rad, like so gnarly. So um, yeah, but um. Ride your own race, and and like I said, everyone everyone knows what level everyone's at, and everyone just wants to push you to your best potential. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's cool. I think, like I said, just film your best clip, put it on Instagram, film your best clip, put it on YouTube, and just that's all you can do. Yeah, and and deeper than that is, you got to be able to ride your bike. You got to have the talent to do so, and the talent doesn't come from posting it on Instagram. No, no, exactly. Just, we, it comes up all the time. We've yeah. chatted about it. It comes up all the time. It's like maybe worry less about that. It's yeah, an yeah. important side to byproduct. Yeah, yeah. The definitely. most important thing is you going to that course and being able to ride the course, yeah, yeah. and that came from years and years of pushing yourself, maybe a little bit too out of your comfort zone. Figuring that out and going from there, so I probably that's some good advice. Yeah, yeah. as well. I mean, the yeah, yeah. biggest key factor here is ride with people that are better than you. Yeah, push yourself within limits, out of your comfort zone, and grow as you know, grow as a rider. Exactly. Guess, first exactly, and foremost. Exactly. So speaking of growing as a rider, you've grown into the free racer or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, so you've kind of screwed yourself because. You're like known as the f- guy that can be the free rider when he's at the World Cup, and then when he's at Darkfest, he's the guy that can still race down a hill. Jack and of all trades, master of none. Master of a lot, but it's still I can see at Lords, it still pains you to not get the results you expect of yourself, even though it seems like you're forcing yourself out of being able to prepare as well. Yeah. So talk. Help me understand the racing side as we sit now. We understand the past, and you've got this rich pedigree. But, it, I mean, I don't know. Have you kind of ticked it so that if you don't get another podium, you're okay with that? Do you still race just because you like the challenge? Because it seems like it annoys you to not be at the pointy end yeah, where I know. you used to be. Yeah. But you're, you're factually not always preparing as much as the top racer, which no. that's changed as well, which we can dig into. 
Yeah, like literally, I probably rode my bike five, my downhill bike five times before the first World Cup. Because I've just, like I said, been doing all these other things. I've got lots of things going on at home that, in, for me, are almost more important that I'm going to get more exposure and more longevity to than doing the World Cup. But I, racing just still scares me, it annoys me, and it makes me... Like, for example, when I qualified in in um, Lords, it was like a huge tick for me. I was like, yeah, that's so sick. And I, and I every time to run down that track, I was going five seconds quicker. Um, but to answer your question is... Um, yeah, I'm literally just going for myself now. Just uh, love to be involved, love to... Um, I think racing World Cups keeps you at the highest level that you can that you can you can be you know you got it is the f1 and it's like um keeps keeps your eye and keeps you sharp keeps you keeps everything you know it's just it's it's and i almost do it to almost train for the rest of my riding it's like it's it's riding down that hill at those speeds is just absolutely insane like how does the bike handle that how does the body how can you see everything going on at those speeds and you know, I'm nowhere near the pointy end. So, and just watching those top end guys go down there was just pretty, pretty amazing. So, um, I know, just, just, I love being at the races. It's, it's, um, exciting and annoying and amazing and everything all in one. And it's There's just, a bit of FOMO. Do you think, like, if you stopped, you'd be like, ah, oh, could I still do it? No, I, I, I don't want to still do it. Okay. I wouldn't think could I still do it, but definitely, definitely a bit of FOMO. Just like, just being at the races is cool. Love it. Well, I mean. It's kind of so going to Lords, so six years retired or whatever. Anyway, does it feel like the first day of school? You know, the first race of the season's quite fun. You walk around the pits, you yeah, see all yeah. these. You've you've basically spent, you know, quite a few months of the year with these people over yeah. sometimes ten, fifteen years, right? And they become friends. You've got yeah. the common interest is the bike or racing down a hill, so you can totally relate. Um, and, and there's some awesome people in our industry. Like we've, yeah, we are yeah. a very cool industry, you know, it's far from what they portray about F1 and those sort of competitive rivalries, you know, yeah, it's not. there's a lot less of that. Yeah. I and I think that's because you're racing against the clock. You never, like say we are racing down the track together. There's, there's, and I, you push me off the track, then I'm going to be pissed off for you and I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to hate you, but you never... Have that on down because you're racing yourself down the hill. You don't you don't bump and you don't bump into people. You don't like so, so it's a, it's different to motocross and because I hear loads of stuff about like the motocross paddock that there's loads of rivalries going on and there's teams that hate other teams and this that, and the other. But you re- with mountain biking you really don't really get that. It's like very seldom that you that you get that because you don't. You're obviously racing everyone, but you. You just that you. It's just you down the hill, and that and that's who you've got to beat. Well, you've only got yourself to blame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can't blame another. You can't say someone t-boned me or someone pushed me off the track or someone drove into the side of me. Hey, man! If some team, other team, like laid down a tire or there was some malicious intent, yeah, there would be of course held held to pay. You don't really hear about stuff like that, so it's like. uh, Yeah, it's a lovely, lovely atmosphere and sport to be in. How gnarly was that first race? Like, did you, I know you had a flat. Yeah. But were you able to, 
I mean, I'm now able to take in what's going in the yeah, atmosphere, so. the speed, the the, oh, the depth of the field. Like, I'm blown away. Yeah, I think um, I could have got uh, into the top 30. I think that would have been an amazing result for me. But then going from what my, I think my time could have been is to go, what time are they doing? A 46. They did a 246. Something so like that. I think that I could have got a, I think I could have got a two fifty six, which would have been a great result for me. Top thirty would have been so stoked with that, whatever. But then they've gone ten sec. They would have gone ten seconds faster than me, and that is just that's three. That's three over three seconds a minute, and I can't even contemplate going behind Amory and letting him. No, I, I, there's no way I'd let him gain three seconds on me in one minute of track. But that's what's happened. Like, three seconds faster in every minute is just crazy. But um, we had a real cool um, walk around the pits after looking at... Because obviously we openly didn't prepare very well for the first World Cup. I, I was blah, doing all this stuff and just me and Ben Marks, my mechanic, after the race, just had a walk around the pits and looking at the bikes and the, the amount of time and testing and effort that goes from these teams is just incredible. It's so it's just, much more than it used to be, huh? Yeah, dude, it's insane. Like, for example, at Amory's bike, there's like different bits that you can bolt on and off of it to like to change the how how flexy it is, to change how like and apparently they had tires made for that race and the amount of testing that goes into this stuff is just absolutely mind boggling, which is which is so cool. Um but yeah it's definitely a bit different di- bit different from when, when we were at well well when we were at the pokey end it was um yeah it's it's uh it's it's nuts. I would say that Say say you would have got a top thirty or whatever you would have got on your time, I would say we could look at the stats, but I would argue that it was probably five or six years ago's top twenty. Yeah, yeah, Easy, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Which gets you a lot less depressed than a thirtieth. Yeah. Right? So you gotta just keep in perspective the time gaps. Yeah. But there's definitely a lot more people that have got into the top twenty conversation than the top ten and then like now a win, you know? Yeah. Remember back in the day, you're like, okay, well, it's coming from one of these four guys that win. And then in the podium, it's coming from one in, you know, there's going to be, the, in these six, there's going to be the podium. And then there's like one guy that'll sneak in maybe. Now there's you know, 20 podium Samuel guys. gets a flat or Greg does something crazy. Then there's yeah. the guy that sits in six, seventh, eighth. He sneaks on the podium. But it's just, it's in such a crazy, like, what do you make of the French domination at the moment? Oh, I mean, it's just... This, it's they're such a nice bunch of guys here. Like the new era of French riders is happy go lucky. Seems like carefree, but works so hard for it, and it's it's cool to watch. But I mean, dude, they are. There's definitely no chance of us, of any other nation, getting close to that just yet. You know, it's it's they're they're just pushing each other on and working hard, and yeah, they're killing it. It's uh, it's very cool. There is a question about that. So you've talked about the French uh, um, sort of dominance. And what about, how do we get the English back there? Because you guys had a really good Yeah, yeah, we had a good run. Good but time. I think we're, we've got, again, such a huge, deep, um, super fast 
te- this insanely fast uh, 10 guys or more in the UK right now that are, that are killing it. But I think it, I think it's just, but they're not, they're nowhere near at the French level at the minute. I think it's just, it will come round. It, it always goes it's like in a cycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Aussies were, Aussies were insane and they're now they're a little bit off the back. They're coming, there'll be a new cycle of, of a young generation from, from Oz coming up probably, you know, it's like, it, it's, you could never predict. And I don't really know whether there's a rhyme or reason for it. Just, Fast guys push fast guys to make fast guys. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I mean that whole federation, and they have the national series. So, it's which just, is what we lack in the UK. Our national series is so shit, and not so, enough guys are going there. Yeah, so. it's like it, not enough top guys are going because it's like uninspiring, and there's like with huge uplift queues, and the tracks are average. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't you don't get all the fast guys there. It's like it, which which doesn't doesn't push people. it doesn't push you on an off week away no. from a world cup no. and like these french guys to go win that sleeve i mean that's the level of a world cup win yeah. right oh, now it is yeah. so then they all get to the world cup like fired up from yeah. the national federation yeah. or just yeah. think lords those guys prep like a world champs oh, almost yeah. because if you can win that first race in front of that home crowd i mean that atmosphere Oh, dude, dude what a feeling! So I could cool. only begin to imagine. Oh yeah, I mean, I think the only the only better race for like atmosphere at the, was um, Leger when when Amory won there. Was it Lewick win there? Anyway, one of those French guys won at Leger, and that was an insane buzz atmosphere. The, the dry point. one, the dry yeah. the while ago, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wet In one 19. was So we had some cool questions coming on Instagram. And it actually follows up to this or with your racing. And it's a your time it's specialized, or more importantly, when you're riding with Sam. Uh, did you have more fun than it felt like work? Because it seemed like riding was like riding on a weekend shuttles because you seemed more chilled and laid back. So he's kind of asking, what was your attitude to riding and racing when you were with Sam at the races back then? Um, like, did it feel more laid back or, you know? No. I think, I think it just, it obviously right. That's some of my fondest racing memories is me and Sam uh, just racing down the hill because I I could always like practice with him. I was like I felt not faster than him, but I always felt like super comfortable practicing with him. And then every single race when he put five seconds into me, and I was just like, how we've practiced together the whole time, and then you, he just had a capability of stepping up, which I couldn't do. I couldn't step up. I guess what what I'm trying to say is that I was when I was practicing, I was probably practicing at like hundred percent, and then I I could only maintain that into the final and do still do the same speed. Whereas he would just open up more in the final and do five seconds. But yeah, they were good years. Um, some real fun times with Sam. It was uh, yeah good. And um, have you got any memories of like? The craziest thing he did or most impressive race we're like okay so yes he smoked you by five after practicing but i mean yeah, he did elevate the sport some well, serious amount hugely. if you hugely. think about that era. i think when at maribor when um we qualified first second he was first i was second and i went down and ended up getting third and sam was obviously last man down but he crashed on that 
big straight bike went in the bush, he went in the bush, he was pulling his bike out of the bush, got back on the bike and then got fifth. And I was just like, holy shit, how fast must he have been going before that? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a hugely impressive uh, uh, one for me. Just because, yeah, it was, yeah, he's a man. But yeah, he did, he elevated the sport hugely. Yeah, Troy um, Troy was speaking about being teammates. Obviously, he was juniors with it. He yeah. just said practicing behind you was just not hilarious he just said it was it was ragged because it was always loose back wheel here back wheel there but with sam at least he could kind of focus it was like shit was kind of in a pile yeah definitely definitely but i know a funny i remember a funny story when we were in schladming years ago and he was it's when the new rock shock box i think came out or something and we were both riding down the hill full pelts having the best time like like that track's so good and we were coming down and we were like right this we've got the we've got to the maximum speed that this fork can go like eight inches is just not enough um we need nine inches of travel now like that's just the way he's like we then we i remember speaking to john he spoke to john cancelier at the time who's the black box engineer at, at RockShock and Sam's just like, yeah, we need a fork that's got nine inch of travel because we've gone the fastest an eight inch travel fork can go. And we're both convinced, we're like, yeah, we need nine inch of travel, we need nine inch of travel. Um, and the, obviously the SRAM engineer is just like, oh God, what are these guys want about this? And they've just released this, like they've been working on this black <laughs> yeah, box. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Pre-production And, and at the product. time me and Sam were like, yeah, we, you can't go any faster on that fork. We've, this is fast as you can go. Really more travel. Thinking back, are you thinking that's the cockiest thing you could have said or just deluded? No, we were just deluded. We were just like, <laughs> we were going as fast as you, that for, as fast as we it's thought. It's the fault's the, fault. Yeah. We can't go any faster. No, no, we, you need more travel. That's, <laughs> that needs to happen. And uh, yeah, that was funny. But And Sam would always walk the track at the beginning of the, before we'd even seen it. And he'd be like, yeah, we're going to triple over to that. And then we're going to quad there. I'll go inside around there. Get to the bottom of the hill after the first practice run, and he wouldn't have done any of the, the triples or quads or anything. So if you, you know, it was fun. It was, uh, yeah, we had we had a good time. All right, so we had some Instagram response. <laughs> it's from Benny. Does he think he's a cool dad? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think I'm the coolest dad. I'm the coolest dad for sure. Hundred percent. In your daughter's eyes, I'm sure you are and will be. I'm sure I am, and then when she gets to like ten, she realizes I'm an absolute Or thirteen idiot. to sixteen. Yeah. Do you imagine? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Would you beat John Jones in a fight? This is a great question. Uh, like, I wonder who wins that fight. He's, he's got he a lot looks of boxing quite strong, experience and he's strong at like, the minute. No offense, he looks stronger. Yeah, than he's he's strong at the minute, but um. I think he'd probably get scared, and then I'd get. I'd reckon I'd get a lucky punch and get him. Yeah, well, I guess so. There could be a lucky punch in there. There was some more though. Let me see if any of these are uh... readable. Yeah, as someone who's recently started racing, what's the most time-effective way to train and get faster? Well, thank you, Luca, but you're asking the wrong guy this question. But let's see what Bren's got. Maybe most time-effective way to train or get faster. Yeah, I'd say um, definitely just focus on one track. Like, don't you're not going to get faster by going on a trail ride and just riding like ten different tracks. Like, if you want to get faster, you need to ride one track over and over again and just learn that one track. 
because I often see, well, back in the day, often when people went to like, did see when people like went to Morzine for like six months or whatever, or went to Whistler for like six months, they'd never be the fastest racers because you just, you'd, you'd go out and you do like 10 different tracks in a day and you basically to get fast, you need to ride the same track over and over again and learn. Just do, do your, just ride the same track and learn. Oh, that's so the front wheel push then. The front wheel pushed out. What am I going to do to counteract that the next time round? Whereas if you just keep riding different tracks, it's like you're going to make mistakes all the way down and then you're not going to learn from them or you're not going to go back and rectify them. You're just going to go on to the next track and make loads of mistakes down that one. I think you need to ride the same track over and over again and just um, um, learn that, learn where your mistakes are and rectify the mistakes. So I think that's the, the best best way to get to get fast is doing I would, that. I would agree. And I think that's why the British were good for a while. Like you come from a place that doesn't have long runs, right? So you've got short runs. Yeah. You often do them over and over. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can physically and mentally go hard, say for yeah. 50 seconds, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. that's the World Cup's three minutes or five yeah, yeah. minutes. But then you're building exactly. repetition and repetition yeah. builds skill and then that builds yeah. the confidence. So that's a great way. The most effective yeah. is maybe shorter tracks. And do them over and over where it's so subconscious, where yeah. you can, your brain will start figuring out how to go faster, yeah. where to break less, and all. And then you take that skill that you've learned and built, yeah. as we talk, like unconsciously competent, and then you can take that to the new track and yeah. do it at the new track. Yeah, I yeah. agree 100%. That's why yeah. testing for me it was annoying when the testing was on a four minute track. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I can't push hard enough to test the product for four minutes. Yeah. You know, at a hundred percent. So I'd rather test minute and a half. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I yeah. can totally figure out, you know, where yeah. to go faster or where the product so needs I think, to improve. Yeah, repetition on the same track is where you're going to get faster. Yeah. It's not always the most fun, but it's like, but going faster will be fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if he's pushed for time, I don't know. Pump tracks get you pretty all yeah, body fit. Like, so if you don't have a lot of time, you only got half an hour after work, before work, maybe a quick pump track. But then you've got to go and get faster and that skill you can't get faster in the gym you get stronger yeah i think that's a that's a so we're doing pump track one. and repetitions on the track that's what, that's your tip yeah there well it's go. basically what we did when i was at your house we yeah. trained then we rode pump track we dirt jump yeah we rode little little sure. surrey hills things yeah there you go there you go Wallop. well message message us if it does work but this was just an impromptu podcast. So thanks to Brendan for sitting down. For this long. Yeah. Well, it's race by. We could we could go for a while. We could do it in the evening with beers. But uh, give Brendan a shout out. You know where to find him on Instagram. What is it these days? Brendog1. One. One, even though they can literally just put in Brendan Faircloth. Yeah. Same on YouTube. Yeah. Just Brendan Faircloth, yeah. Yeah, we didn't dig into what it takes to... I wanted to... To kind of break down what it actually takes to do a movie like Death Grip. Yeah. Because I think everyone sees the end product and doesn't understand it was yeah, no, I'm, 18 I'm, months. Yeah. And even I'm guilty of that. I like see like some Brandon 7X edits and I just like watch it once and then I'll not see it again. And I just think, shit, that's so much building and stuff going into that, which... You know, I'm even... I'm guilty for myself, like not appreciating what goes into the background of it. But... um. I think, um, yeah, for example, like Death Grip, we had six or seven sections. Each one of those sections, I had to go and scout, fly over, scout the location, then fly out again and build the location, 
and then fly it again and film the, film the location. And it, often we'd have to go back, we'd have a bad weather, I in Madeira, we had to go back to Madeira three times to film. You did, really? Yeah, we went back there three times to film. To get that one, segment. Once Sam had a problem with his bike, so we couldn't finish the section, it snapped his forks or something. Um, another time we had bad weather, we didn't get fully, didn't get what we wanted. And then actually on Death Grip, we started the movie, I was sponsored by Sony, so I had Sony cameras on my on my on my he- helmet, and then halfway through the movie, GoPro came on board as a huge sponsor of mine and the movie. So we had to go refilm it with GoPro rather than Sony. So we had to go refilm loads of stuff. But um, yeah, definitely what a huge amount of work and stress and and stuff and like a lot of people are like, why don't you get someone else to go build all the stuff, or pay someone else to do it? But it's like I could, but. Ultimately, I'm the one that's going to have to ride it. I'm the one that want, that's that got this vision of what I want. I actually kind of have to be there to go and to go and, uh, to go and build. But, um, yeah, there's a this huge amount of work going on. So It's like a CEO in the trenches, really, you know. You, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's... one day you can do something like that. Yeah, but, but do you get more fulfillment out of it, like saying you have built and you've no, I don't... been there? Or no. I don't just an obligation? Just yeah, it just has to be done. Has to be done. I don't. I don't. I don't get a lot of. I don't get a lot of. You know. I don't mean. Oh yeah, I built that. That's you know. That's no. I don't. I don't actually. Because, like you said, people forget about all that when they see the final product. This is going to be. They they won't even care how much how long you've spent digging or how many diggers you rolled doing it or. You know, it's like you don't know. It's, no, it's, and then someone just say like they didn't like that one song. Yeah, or, exactly, imagine, exactly. And that. that'll yeah, piss, yeah. and that'll probably piss you off yeah. more than the thousands of yeah. positive comments. That's mm. actually funny. So yeah, but like, a lot, definitely a lot goes into that. And uh, like I said, we've got a huge project coming up soon, which you'll all know about in good time. Yeah. And he said he'd give me the f- podcast exclusive on there it, you so go. you heard it here first. So if yeah, yeah, if it yeah. doesn't come out on this channel. You know who to give some shit to. All right, let's sign off. I do, I do want to know, and maybe it's a bit personal, but has being a father changed you? Talk to me about that. Yeah. I um, mean, we hung you know, out. I was, I was I was thinking. People of people of or people always said, "Oh, when you become a dad, you're like your priorities will change," and I you, which they haven't really like. Yes, like having a little daughter has the most been the most amazing, most amazing thing that's ever happened to me. But I never, it doesn't change what I do on a bike or how I think about anything at all. Like I still go to dark fest. I'm not gonna like be at the top and be like, oh no, I'm not gonna drop into this because I've got a daughter now and I need to be safe. Like it hasn't changed one bit because I think it's still our job and we're and we're wired differently and we're. In, we're wired differently. That's not gonna. I haven't. I don't not do stuff because I think of Tallulah now. I just it hasn't changed me. At all and like ironically, that. it probably wouldn't help. It no. would probably make it less safe. Like yeah, yeah. If you just exactly. Yeah, it's interesting you say you are wired to yeah push yourself or yeah. ride a bike. You know, it um, makes you feel being a human. dad though definitely means traveling is way like so like I. I don't want to travel as much because like, I wanted to spend time at home with with my little one and uh, and especially now I've, I've just built my own house over the last year we 
moved in last week, so just being at home on my own house that I've spent the last year building is so, so special and and seeing Tallulah run around in it all day long has been it's been pretty cool. So yeah, I'd say the worst thing about having a kid is um having to leave her behind when you go travelling. I've heard that. I yeah. can only begin to imagine. And at the minute it's not too bad. She doesn't really understand what where I'm going or whatever. But I remember speaking to someone and they were like, There's an age where they know you're going, but they can't understand why you're going. And that little age is... Because oh, you can't explain to them, look, Dad's going and he's going to come back in a week. They just realise... They just see that you're going. They don't know that, that you're doing your job and that you're going to come back. And, like, making life better for yeah, them, and, hopefully, and, make, and Dad's run. making money so we can live a happy, nice life. And he's shit. got a... I'm, I'm, it's the, the, the shit thing about what we do is we have to travel so much all over the world. Um... Yeah, I heard that. So, but my little one isn't quite old enough to to know that yet. So I can just go. I I just like make her busy with playing toys, or whatever. And then I just leave and just not not make a big deal deal out of it. I won't go. Oh, dad's going now. Give us give me a kiss. I'll just like play, get her playing with toys and then leave. And then she doesn't even know that I'm gone. And then I'll come back in a week and be like, Oh, dad's here. If she doesn't, you're like, Hey, you don't even know I was yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, then I'm like, Hannah, did she cry when I left? And I was like, No. And I was like, Oh. <laughs> no but no that's that's uh well yeah that, but to answer your question sorry yeah it hasn't hasn't changed uh my outlook on riding at all i don't i don't like suddenly now take less risks it's badly enough i never even think about her when i'm riding you know i don't think about Tallulah when i'm Just riding in the moment i guess anyway you have yeah, to be yeah not that it's not that I don't love her. It's just I, you know, I, when I'm on my bike, it's something completely different. I'm not, well, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's like I just never. Yeah, it doesn't even come into my head. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Makes, I mean, it makes sense. You see, it's just two completely separate things. It's like being a dad and the home thing, and then after my job is riding a bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like that, that hasn't it hasn't changed that at all. Well, let's give you some time to actually do your job. So that breeze through. So thanks to Brendan again. Follow his shenanigans on YouTube, Instagram. If you did enjoy this, you know what to do. Subscribe, leave a review. I read them. It goes a long way. Send us a message, both of us, if you want. Brendan's probably got a lot of those. But uh, yeah, I appreciate all the feedback. And uh, it was kind of like you said, when when you get that response, a lot of people message about the podcast. Oh, you got me out riding more. Or oh, that's okay. inspiring to hear Martin Sonnestrom had a panic attack and he's, you know, human. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've taken that new strategy with podcasting or social. So thanks to everyone out there and uh, till the next one. Nice. Cheers, Andrew.